some of the key points, belief in the power of markets. There's a lot of data that shows that markets work if we give them enough time. Get a better understanding of how markets work, evidence-based investing ideally, and implement things like global diversification, low-fee investment options. It is important to have a plan. Are you on track, right? Are you headed in the right direction? And an advisor is a great resource to be able to help you understand that in a third-party manner so you're a little bit separated from your own emotions. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I am your co-host, Joe Curry, along with my co-host, Lindsay Wilson. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm good. A little bit of mic trouble here, and I know that we have some video people might see some of my son, Lewis, is doodling behind me. Yes. <laughs> I was like noticing as we get up and running here, but otherwise, good. It's hot out, which is fine. I'm good with that. I'll take summer all year round, so uh, I can't complain too much. How about you? Great. I think I mentioned in previous episodes, I'm part of a fourth line theater doing the Tilco strike in July. So that's been wonderful, a great experience. And other than that, everything's great. Awesome. Anything that you want to bring up? We have RPS, Retirement Plan Simplified.ca website going. We have a new navigator up. I'll throw it back to you to make sure we get any of that info where we need to get out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that I put a link in the show notes to our navigator. And of course, if you like or listen to our podcast and you think there's somebody out there that might benefit from some good, solid retirement planning advice, you can always share the podcast with them as well. And of course, take a look at our retirement navigator. It is comprehensive, not just about financial planning, but about life planning as well. And it's a great tool. Yeah, it's a really good starting point for anyone starting to think about their life beyond work. Even if you're always there from retirement, like there's a lot of good stuff in there to really help navigate you and kind of give you a compass, at least as a starting point. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to mention is during this episode, we'll talk a little bit about Dave Ghosh. He's a executive producer of The Big Bang Theory, so TV producer and... Anyway, I'm going to reference a video and an article from him. So we'll make sure we get that in the show notes as well. Absolutely, for sure. This episode, this is influenced by a client's concern or question that came up recently that we thought was worth covering. And I guess what we'll call the episode is, my portfolio was down 100,000, will it recover? And this comes from a question that a client had that they had expressed concern that they felt their portfolio was down a certain amount of dollars and they were wanting an explanation as to why that might be the case and what might be a way to rectify it. So we thought it would be a good place to jump in. So the first question that comes to mind is, what should you do when you see your account is down a substantial dollar amount? And is there a difference in measuring what you are up or down depending on the size of your portfolio? So Joe, if you could speak to that, that would be great. Sure. So first off, hopefully we haven't scared anybody away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even our portfolios, they go up and down just like the market. And it's not much of a secret. I don't think that specifically 2022, not so much this year, but 2022, it was a tough year for markets and not just stocks, but also bonds. 
And we've talked about the five retirement risks, which is one of our papers we've written. You need to have some amount of volatility, so ups and downs in your portfolio to get the returns that you most likely need to create the retirement income stream that is going to get you through retirement and help you live that retirement that you're looking forward to. We need to get used to the idea that markets go up and down, but that doesn't ever change the fact that, you know, if you look at a statement and you see you're down $100,000, a million dollars, $50,000, whatever the number is, doesn't mean that you're going to like to see that, right? So, you know, you asked about, you know, is there a difference between the size of the portfolio? And this happens a lot when we're talking with business owners who have recently sold their business or there's some kind of windfall, right? Because, you know, maybe when you were saving and you had a couple hundred thousand dollars in your retirement savings and portfolio is down 10% and you see you're down, we'll call it $20,000. You don't like to see that, but maybe it seems like a reasonable number. But then if you've sold a business, you moved into retirement and you don't have that regular paycheck coming in anymore, you have a $2 million portfolio and now you're down 10%, you're down $200,000. So that's the big difference. So the first thing is to remember that whether you're down 20,000 or you're down $200,000, if your portfolio has come down 10%, it's 10% in either case. Mm. It's just that the numbers are a lot bigger once you've got closer to and are in, into retirement because your saving years are behind you and you've reached kind of that pinnacle for in most cases. Mm -hmm. So part of it is to keep that in mind. This is not different than, you know, in 2008 when you see markets go down and this is not nearly as bad, I should mention, or any other time that, you know, COVID, that's all worse than what we've seen in the last year. So to have that kind of perspective around, I guess, maybe the first thing that I would say, but also just remember that you should be invested in a way where you have some assets that are going to move up and down more than others that are going to help you continue to grow the portfolio over time. But you should also have that other safer defense bucket that is going to provide income for you when you need it so that you don't have to worry as much about those ups and downs of your growth assets. This might be a good time when you're talking about the assets in your portfolio that can go up or down. This might be a good time just to reference the buckets. We've talked a bit about that on previous podcasts, and I think that's what you're referring to. Am I correct? Sure. Yeah. So we put the link in the show notes to other episodes we've done on that if anyone wants to go into a lot more detail. So we talk about buckets and the reason that we want to separate this, this is as much mental accounting as it is actually setting the portfolio up in a way to function like this. It's kind of twofold. So the first thing is what people say to me when they're getting close to or they're in retirement is, Joe, I know that markets are going to rebound one day, but I don't have one day. Like I need to retire today. I need income today or I need it in the next couple of years, whatever the scenario is. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people you're half right, because if you're going to be retired for 30 or 40 years, you have a long time, but you're right, you still need income today. So what we wanna look at is how are we separating enough into what we call the defense bucket, where we're protecting the next several years of what you need for income. And we'll adjust that bucket depending on the person, their comfort level, risk tolerance, all that kind of stuff. But the main premise is that we just wanna make sure that when stocks are down, and I say when, not if, because they will be down, we wanna make sure that we're not forced to sell the stocks while they're down. And we want to make sure that we can let markets work and let the markets go up over time. So again, that your portfolio stays ahead of inflation, it continues to provide that income for you. Mm -hmm. So our defense bucket is a bucket of you know probably some cash in there. And so they're low risk investments that do not go up and down like stocks. And then your offense bucket, as I just alluded to, is the bucket where you're going to see more ups and downs. That's where the when I say ups and downs or you know, your portfolio has got up in value, but the next year is down in value. That's volatility, right? So where we're going to see more volatility is that offensive bucket. But the reason that we get higher returns in that offensive bucket 
is because of taking on that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So we've had other episodes on the specifics of, you know, the investments we might have in those buckets mm-hmm. or a better investment experience. So we, get, we can link to that in the show notes. I won't dive any further in there. Excellent. So I'm curious about what perspective people should take when reviewing their portfolio results. Sure. So I mentioned at the kind of start of our conversation here that we'll have a, a link to at least a video, if not a video, and an article from Dave Goch. So Dave, he's a TV producer. What he said kind of before he was introduced to a financial advisor and evidence-based investing, he was very emotional when it came to investments mm-hmm. to the point where he stopped investing in any kind of stocks because as the market went up and down, he couldn't help but riding that emotional wave that came with the market ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Kind of his thinking on this was, you know, I can't take risk. It's too scary. When he looked at the news, the things that would stand out to him would be, you know, this financial scandal or this geopolitical risk that's going to eventually blow up his portfolio. And it's a reason why he probably shouldn't invest in stocks into the future. Mm-hmm. And then after working with an advisor, an advisor who has a similar investment philosophy to us, evidence-based investing and being educated around this, he's completely kind of changed that perspective. Now, what he looks at when he thinks about the market is, A, he knows that there is a lot of data and a lot of history that shows that markets work. And he's adopted a belief that markets will work and that if he just follows the science of investing and lets it look after itself, that doesn't mean no maintenance or no adjustments, but from a high level, kind of let it look after itself. He doesn't need to get emotionally involved in what he's seeing in the news and those ups and downs. And what he's more focused on now is the things that he can control. Mm -hmm. So he's focused on his saving levels. He's focused on his spending, just reading better things in the newspaper or online, I guess, probably nowadays, because he knows he doesn't really need to worry and that worrying is not going to make a difference and that he has the right strategy for him. So I guess some of the key points he has here is so belief in the power of markets. So again, there's a lot of data that shows that markets work if we give them enough time. And again, most people agree with me when I say that they just, when they approach retirement, feel like they don't have the time horizon. So that comes back to the buckets. Mm -hmm. You talked about focusing on what you can control, but it's also, it's having an investment philosophy and stock picking is not really an investment philosophy, right? So get a better understanding of how markets work, evidence-based investing, ideally, and implement things like diversification and not just within Canada or just within the US, but global diversification, low fee investment options. Make sure you're participating in all the markets upside, which does come with the downside, right? But not trying to pick those winners where you could also potentially lose all your money if you get it wrong. We think Enron or Nortel or companies like this, right? So those are kind of some of the key takeaways. Ideally, if you have a minute, go to the show resources and check out the video that he puts in here. I like it because it's the perspective of someone who's not a financial advisor, they're not a professional investor, and they're just kind of showing how having a better basic understanding of investing, how markets work, just has made his life so much better. And so some of the benefits to him have been improved mental state, lower anxiety, and more time being able to focus on his kids and his family. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's why most of us are investing (laughs) so that we can be, you know, in a better place mentally. So we have the cash flow that we don't have to worry and we can spend more time focusing on the things of the people that we love most. He's really in line with our philosophy as well and our approach and just in general, creating a better investment experience, like lower anxiety, lower emotion to the ups and downs of the market. Absolutely. So I think that's a great way to approach investing from a high level, but there might be people who still want to measure their success and know they're on track. What would you say to that or how could they do that? Again, kind of what I was just saying is at the end of the day, most people are investing because they have some kind of goals, right? It's just things that are important to them. They want to make sure they achieve and investing is a way to help them achieve that. 
So it is important to have a plan. It is important to track. Are you on track, right? Are you headed in the right direction? And an advisor is a great resource to be able to help you understand that in a kind of a third-party manner. So you're a little bit separated from your own emotions. You want to have that plan in place and be updated on a regular basis and seeing if you're on track is the main point there. And so the thing that I love with, which we've talked about in the past, is that our guardrail strategy for retirees who are starting to take withdrawals from their portfolio shows them exactly when we need to make an adjustment, right? Mm -hmm. So the person that you're talking about, when they called in and asked if their portfolio is down, is it going to recover? We believe it's going to recover. Obviously, we have no guarantees on that, but we continue to have a belief in markets. But the more important piece of this is that within her guardrails, she could still be taking more income than she is today. So the fact that her portfolio is down in 2022 has had no bearing on her lifestyle in retirement. Mm -hmm. She's able to maintain all the spending she was doing before 2022. And in fact, there's still enough buffer there that she could be spending a good chunk more than what she is spending today. And so having that tool there that's customized to her situation is a way for us to know that, yeah, she's still on track. Whether that portfolio was up or down last year, we know that she doesn't need to make any adjustments to her spending and she's still in a good place. Mm -hmm. So I guess, again, just wrapping that all back together is it's important for most people to meet their spending goals and stay ahead of inflation, to have some investments that are going to grow more than, say, GICs or guaranteed investments over time. We want to make sure that we have some safe money for short-term spending. And as far as those growth investments, that offense bucket, just accept and know that it's going to go up and down. And that in 90-some years, the S&P 500 is the large stocks in the U.S., averaging close to 10% annual returns. Almost none of those years actually had a return of 10%. In fact, almost half of them are either over 20% or less than negative 20. So there's no such thing as a normal year in investments. So when you look at your statements, you shouldn't be looking for 10% or 5% or, or any other number because year to year, it varies greatly. And we should look at our investment returns more in terms of decades, I would say, rather than in terms of months or years. Mm -hmm. So make sure you have a plan and you're invested properly from the start and then continue to manage and update that plan. I think one way that you explained it as well is that the person was looking at it from a previous peak. Maybe you could just flesh that out a little bit. Sure, yeah. We always look at our most recent statement, right? And so when we look at our most recent statement and we see our portfolios down, we just naturally think, oh, we lost money this year or this quarter or whatever it is. But the reality is, so someone who's retired, this is a good example. So this individual, you know, invested for us for many years and with my predecessor before me. So we know that there's many thousands and thousands of dollars more in that portfolio than she's ever put into the portfolio. And so she's just measuring from the peak at the beginning of 2022, where the markets were mm -hmm. to the end of 2022. So, I mean, yes, she is down from that peak. But if she kind of averages out her investing career, I mean, she's so far ahead of what she would have been had she been in like GICs or bank accounts or, mm -hmm. or even just a low risk bucket than where she is today because she has taken on that uncertainty. And she knows that and she's good with it. She just needed a little refresher because again, we never like to see her portfolio down and no. just hearing some reassuring words is always helpful sometimes in that situation. So she knows she can maintain her spending and everything's good. But yeah, so that's a really good point, Lindsay, is, is the perspective of what we're measuring from. Mm -hmm. Do we have less money in there than we put in or are we just down from the last time we looked at our statement? And again, I think that speaks to, like you said, averaging it out and looking at it. It'd be better if we could look at it from decades, right? Absolutely. Not having that perspective on things. Absolutely. Any final thoughts or any parting words that you'd like to leave us with just about how to view our investments? No, I think I hit it. It's just have a plan and don't wing it because then you can measure, <laughs> yeah. measure back or know where you should be if you need to rebalance back up. 
So again, it really just all comes back to planning. For sure. Well, thank you, Joe. And we'll put everything in the show notes. Thank you, Lindsay. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.